Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Today, I would like to talk about one of the things that most shocks me in the Psalms. The most shocking thing in the Psalms? Oh, I don't want to say that it's the most shocking thing, but one of this the things the that internet. shocks me the most. It needs to be the it's, most it's, shocking. It's that way people extreme. will click on it and listen to the podcast. Number four will amaze you. That's exactly right. So it is the most shocking thing. <laughs> people will be like, the most shocking thing in the Psalms. Well... <laughs> No, the way this psalm starts, I, I find to be somewhat shocking. Uh, and oh, so I yeah. want to okay. talk about that a little bit because he asks some questions that I kind of get surprised at. Of course, we're having uh, a, a little fun, you know, with this season, reading uh, the psalm in a different translation yeah. every day. Yep. So as you read from the New King James today, I, I wonder if you will still be shocked. Let's find out. <laughs> Why do you stand far off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? Yep, still shocked. Okay. (laughs) Verse 2. The wicked in his pride persecutes the poor. Let them be caught in the plots which they devised. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. His ways are always prospering. Your judgments are far above out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he sneers at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is trouble and iniquity. He sits in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places, he murders the innocent. His eyes are secretly fixed on the helpless. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lies in wait to catch the poor. He catches the poor when he draws him into his net, so he crouches, he lies low, that the helpless may fall by his strength. He has said in his heart, God has forgotten, he hides his face, he'll never see. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand, do not forget the humble. Why do the wicked renounce God? He has said in his heart, you will not require an account. But you have seen, for you observe trouble and grief, to repay it by your hand. The helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness until you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations have perished out of his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. Yeah, it's still shocking to me. Yeah, so what's it's, shocking you? Well, those those first couple of questions, why, Lord? Why are you acting the way you're acting? Uh, honestly, when I first got introduced to the Psalms, of course, this is years and years ago. I was, I was raised by believers, and so uh, I read the Psalms even as a child. But when I first started paying attention, I don't know, maybe as a teenager in my 20s, when I would come to the things like this, it seems very disrespectful to me. To ask God, where are you? Yeah, what are you doing? I mean, this is really like... God, what's up? Why are you standing way over there, Lord? Why aren't you over here? And I mean, honestly, one of the other places where I hear this kind of thing is when Martha does that to Jesus. Don't you care? Then why don't you say something to her? Well, when she did it, it was disrespectful. And Jesus kind of rebuked her a little bit. You know, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered. But here's the psalmist is doing it. And it's 
you know, when, when Martha does it, I can see Luke is just telling the story. You know, it's not, you know, the inspiration is just, I'm accurately explaining the story to you. But in the psalmist, this is God um, anchoring a prayer that this person prayed to him. And he's saying, look, in these situations, this is, this is one of the things you can do. You can come and you can say, what's up? Mm-hmm. And that shocks me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite comfortable with it. And yet it is happening here. It is happening. Why? Why, Lord? Why are you standing way over there? Why okay, won't you come over so here? Is, is, the, is the, okay. So is it, uh, okay. So talking to God. Okay. 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 Well, you know. You're I'm, processing. I am. Right. I'm thinking about a couple of things. Uh, first off, is it acceptable to express this feeling of forsakenness? Why won't God act? Why isn't God near? Um, and then also perhaps the suggestion that God is distant. I mm-hmm. mean, where's our faith? Don't we remember that God is omnipresent and God is near so that uh, we might grope for him and find him. He's never far from any one of us. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, is, is the issue this, that really it's a lack of faith on my part to pray to God like the psalmist is praying to God? I think that's what gives me the problem is that I feel like that. But as I've continued to study the psalms... What I've recognized is that it's actually a sign of great faith because even though he starts off with, why are you way over there? Mm-hmm. He's actually saying it in a prayer, mm-hmm. which means what does he ultimately believe about God? Yeah, God is listening. He believes God is listening. You, you, you are way off. Yeah. I don't understand why you're acting the way you're acting, but I believe you're listening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so in most of the Psalms that have these kind of questions, and there are a couple of exceptions, but in most of them that have these kind of questions, they always get back to faith. That's what we noticed in yesterday's conversation at the end of this Psalm. David, if it is, if the two Psalms go together, and this one was also written by David, uh, the Psalm is David. nine and ten. Nine and ten, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, folks who didn't hear yesterday's conversation may not remember what we're saying there. Nine and ten seem to go together. In fact, in the Septuagint, they are put together. Right. So if David did write both halves of this or both poems or whatever, David, the psalmist, ends in that faith. He has the same faith he had the first time he prayed in Psalm 9. I know you're going to do this. You do see. You do listen. You do hear. And so the question and the wording of the question does not indicate lack of faith. The fact that he is asking the question and doing it in prayer shows he does have faith. And okay. that's, that's the amazing thing because that's what prayer is. Prayer is well, – I read this recently. I love this. Prayer is the intersection of helplessness and faith. I am helpless. I can't win. I can't I'm, – I'm powerless. I can't defeat the enemies. This thing is going on, and no matter what I do, I can't fix it. But, God, I believe you can. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to pray. And that's what we're seeing in Psalm yeah, 10. We're really, seeing that I intersection. Really, I really like that statement, this helplessness. The intersection of helplessness and faith. Yeah. When yeah. I when I recognize my helplessness and I believe in God, mm-hmm. what I'm naturally going to do is pray. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not praying, then I've probably got one of two problems. Either one, I don't have as much faith in God as I like to proclaim, or two, I still think I've got some control over things and I can I can handle it on my own and fix things on my own. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to explore this idea of helplessness. Um, Entreating God to act, entreating God to move, how similar or different is that from entreating God to act in the way I want him to act or entreating God to act in the at the time I want him to act? Yeah. You know, um, 
I, I think that our heart certainly uh, can sympathize with the psalmist here. Mm. Uh, when we see that the wicked are prospering and the bold things they say against God that are just awful. And we were talking about yesterday uh, the idea that this is the second verse or the second act when everything gets so much worse. I've already been praying. I've been yeah. praying so much, and it's not doing anything. So I was like, I think I know me, and I know I can't hang on much longer. Why won't you act? But but I am helpless, right? I am helpless. So I want God to act, but do I want God to act in my time, not God's time? No, I want God to act in the way I think he ought to act versus I trust you, Lord, the way you act will be best. Um, you know, maybe a little different tone of prayer there in those. I, I'm going to keep hanging on. Well, that reminds me, I was talking with uh, a brother, I don't know, a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, however long it's been. And we were just talking about some things going on in his life and in his family and some trouble and turmoil, some health issues. And 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 he turned to talking about his prayers. And it was very insightful for me because he talked about how he'll, he'll start praying. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that what he needs to pray about is the fact that the way I'm praying, I'm trying to control you, Lord. <laughs> You know, it's, it's like, so I, I got to this place in my faith that said, I can't control this situation. And that's what drove me to my knees in prayer. And now I'm praying with the mindset of, well, this is how I'm going to control the situation. I'm going to pray just right. That's going to cause God to act in just the way I want him to act. And I thought, wow, I know that feeling. Sure. I play those mind games. I, I I do that quite frequently. So that was, it was very insightful. I was glad to know I'm not the only one that does that, but yeah, that's what's happening here. So, so we've got the prayer in Psalm nine, mm-hmm. and what a what a great insight that gives us about prayer. The psalmist in nine and ten believes God is listening, right? Absolutely. But God doesn't respond after Psalm nine. We still have Psalm ten where things have gotten worse, and the psalmist, rather than than saying you didn't do what I said, so now I'm going to give up on you, mm-hmm. what does he do? He keeps praying. Keeps praying. So again. The, the wording shocks me in that first verse. It makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm not sure I can bring myself to say it, even though the psalm is demonstrating I can bring it to him. But um, he's praying. And so what we have is faith. Part of it, too, when I read from verse 1 to verse 2, and I will probably talk about this in the next couple of conversations, but this time frame, this period of waiting for the Lord to act, the psalmist couches that as opportunity for the wicked to speak more yeah. and the wicked to do more. And so the psalmist, he is making his his pleading, his case, God, the longer you wait, the more the wicked acts. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh yeah, I do, I do want to talk. Goodness of God, I tell you what, I do want to reserve that. That let's let's put a pin in that one. That's that's an awesome conversation to have, and I'd like to make it a whole conversation instead of just the last three minutes of okay. of this one. That but that's powerful. So hang on to that because that's let, let's talk about that tomorrow some more. Um, but yeah, why are you doing this, Lord? Mm-hmm. And because because you're giving room for them. Why why are you doing this? You know, God doesn't give him an answer. He doesn't. And, and honestly, I think that, that that is a question that we all do struggle with. It, I mean, that gets back to why do bad things happen in this world and why do bad things happen to, to good people? Yeah. God, why don't you act? Why didn't you act sooner? Why don't you act in the way I want you to act? So, I, so we've been there. Sure. And I can speculate some answers. You know, it may be that God hasn't acted yet because he's giving the wicked time to repent. He doesn't yeah. want anybody to perish. Yeah, that's he right. wants all to come to repentance. And, well, 
I'm kind of glad that he waited while I was in my wickedness. Sure. When I was the one that was hurting other people, when I was the one in sin. And, you know, I like to think, well, I'm not hurting people as bad as they're hurting people, but maybe I should go talk to the people I hurt. I bet, I bet they thought it was bad. (laughs) Okay. And, and I'm glad that God was patient with me to allow me time to repent. So maybe that's what he's doing or, or, you know, I I mean, who knows? Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's just giving me time because it's, it's as I continue to see this that I realize my own powerless and how much I need God. You know, maybe it's that issue, like we were talking a minute ago, that even in my prayers, I'm still trying to be in control. And God is, 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 is driving me to, to recognize how much I need him. So God's long suffering for the saved allows them to grow in their faith. Sure, sure. And for the wicked gives them the opportunity to repent. Mm-hmm. It means salvation for all people. Yeah, the I, long suffering of our Lord means salvation. I'm pretty sure I read. You think that. that's in there? It's you think in, that's in yeah, there? Yeah. Hmm. That's in How there. about that? Second Peter three. One of the other things I think about is it may just be that look, God is more glorified. I think about Pharaoh. Okay. God was more glorified having given him ten opportunities to repent and then bringing about the Red Sea destruction on him and his armies mm-hmm. than he was if right at the very beginning Pharaoh had just gone and said head and said, "Yeah, y'all go for your three day walk, go for your three day journey." And so it may be that God is just allowing the wicked to fulfill their sinfulness, mm-hmm. so that when He finally does bring judgment, it's it's more glory for Him, and when He finally delivers, it's. We understand it even more. These are all my speculations, and and I'm sure we could come up with a list and a host of other possibilities and potentialities on this. God doesn't give the answer, which which brings me back again to God may not answer when I ask him why, but I still get to ask Mm -hmm. as long as it's anchored in that faith that the reason I'm going to God is because I believe he's listening. And I, and I do know he is going to act. And I do know he's going to act best. I, I'm confused right now about why he hasn't done it the way I thought he would. But I am going to remember the faith that God is going to do what's best. And he's going to do what's best in his time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of time. Yeah, speaking of time, it just goes quick when we're having such great conversations. So glad that you've tuned in to the podcast today. Uh, Leave us a review. We sure like the five-star ones. Uh, Share this podcast with other people. Send us an email. Let us know what you're reading in the Word of God. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We hope everyone is out safe and about on this uh, election day. I think this drops on election day oh, in our yeah. country. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, mind your P's and Q's there. And, uh, and let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the day that you've given us, and we thank you that we can open up your word and study these scriptures. Father, we have been considering this question, this question raised by the psalmist, why do you stand afar off, O Lord? And we thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy that has given us the opportunity because of your long-suffering and patience uh, to consider that, to consider, Father, how your ways are not our ways. They are far above and beyond us. Father, help us to grow in trust for you. And in your long-suffering and in your patience, you give the wicked time to learn of your gospel and to repent. You give your children time to grow in faith and take steps of discipleship for our good. Father, that we become more like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We pray, Father, that you would bless us to the end. And for any listener to the podcast today, Father, 
who are feeling that you are standing far right now. We pray that you would bless them with the comfort and assurance that you act in your time and your way is always best. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.